Haley Frequence is open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and if I was ever trapped in an alternate universe on an evil ship with my boyfriend who turned out to be the leader of an alien race that had sworn to kill me, well, I would have shot him, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm joined on this show, as usual, by Ella Pearson. She's the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast on the Chronic Drift Network, which is at chronicdrift.com. Welcome back, Ella. Thank you. Ella, I don't want you to give the whole game away, but we've got a half an hour to (laughs) fill, you know. So uh, do you feel better about Culber this week? A little bit. Do you think I feel better? (laughs) Um, You know, time heals all wounds, they say. (laughs) A week does not. <laughs> That's not enough time, I guess. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, duly noted. Uh, we will talk about that, <laughs> of course, a little later in the show. And uh, our special guest this evening is Dr. David A. Banks. David is a researcher, writer, and a teacher. He holds a PhD in science and technology studies, and he's a co-chair of Theorizing the Web, an annual conference that examines the interrelationships between technology and society. David, welcome to the show. Hey, Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you taped a show with me recently for Enterprising Individuals, and we talked about a Star Trek Voyager episode, and you were telling me that Voyager is the show that you first started watching as a fan. How do you feel that Discovery compares to Voyager? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's always, uh, it's really hard to compare a show that you're watching as an adult to one that you, like, are watching as a kid, and, it, you know, I, and the sort of the... Um, the the emotional energy that you wrap around that so <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't I don't know if it's even possible to compare them but uh, I, I I think uh, I, there are parts of discovery that I'm uh, I, I'm I'm warming to mainly the the ones that um, uh, that take a little bit longer to uh, deal with like um, like issues or problems or, or like there seems to be a little bit more um, interest in the writing room to like think about uh um the balance of 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 different of rights and wrongs and stuff and i'm digging on that pretty well yeah i was talking recently with another guest on the show um about a voyager episode remember uh which deals with fascism and discrimination but also like cultural memory and something that we touched on in relation to discovery is that you know social allegory has been trek stock and trade for decades but so far discovery seems to be dealing with uh, more personal themes, uh, more prevalently, uh, prevalently, uh, rather than overall ch- overarching social uh, themes. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh yeah, that I yeah that I, uh, we are light on allegory so far. Although maybe this episode that we're about to discuss um, might maybe starts bucking that trend because I really appreciate the symmetry between like the Federation in 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 the the regular universe and then the mirror universe, these, uh, the rebels against the Terrans, uh, they, they like identify that as, uh, as, as sort of what, what they call the closest thing to the Federation in the mirror universe. And, yeah. Yeah. and that, that sort of the recognition of an other in you, of, of yourself in an other is, uh, is, is the sort of empathy that the Federation should be espousing and that we would go to Star Trek to find. And it, it, it was cool to see that. That was, I was actually might have been, uh, the, I, I'm a weird person, but I think that was my favorite part of the show so far was that one line. Yeah. I also always wonder what, I mean, it's a mirror universe. It's another side, but I always wonder like what specifically 
defines it. It seems to be that characters that we recognize are doing bad things, but there doesn't seem to be a complete moral inversion uh, like, um, you know, Earth 3 and DC Universe, where, you know, it's like the good guys are bad and the bad guys are good, because you've got people like Sarek, who in this reality is also a, a positive force, at least so far, as far as we know. But that lack of empathy, at least on the human side, um, seems to be sort of the defining characteristic of the mirror universe uh, from what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I almost wonder if the mirror universe is really just um, like uh, this deterministic play on like what, what would happen if one historical event was different. Then everything else, then everything else is different. Sort of like the, the butterfly flapping its wings, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. sort of sort of thing. I wonder, I wonder if that's really just all, all, all the mirror universe is is like you know the, is that that, that I guess it's canon in discover in a uh, enterprise where you know they they re, they redo the, uh, the uh the beginning or, or the end sorry of a uh, Star Trek First Contact except the the guy the 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 guy says shoot them and then they all run on board after, <laughs> after the Vulcan show up yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and and maybe that's it maybe it was just like that one guy made that one decision in that one period of time and that just like that's the mirror universe is <laughs> is just that yeah i uh, i like that uh, idea of the butterfly effect although it gets it starts to uh, strain credibility when every incarnation that we visit and i think we visited it uh, on every show you know except for a voyager uh where we keep finding the same crew that's all together somehow, even though there have been many, many points of divergence uh, that could happen, even going back to, you know, uh, Empress uh, Hoshi or whatever. Uh, because on this, you know, we've got Sarek and um, I have to assume, I mean, he has Spock at some point because Spock, of course, is in the uh, TOS version of the Mirror Universe. Um, but we'll talk about that. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Um, so we just watched the episode, uh, episode 11 of Star Trek Discovery, entitled The Wolf Inside, and we're here to break it down for you. As always, we're setting a course for the spoiler zone, or the spoiler universe, I suppose, so be warned. <laughs> uh, we're glad you decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. Uh, the official synopsis for the episode this week is, the crew continues their guise, and Burnham is ordered on a merciless mission to end the resistance in hopes of returning home. Meanwhile, Tilly works on restoring Stamets' neurofunction. It's written by Lisa Randolph. It was directed by T.J. Scott. And last week on Star Trek Discovery, uh, the crew of the Discovery found themselves in the Mirror Universe and with the task of disguising themselves as a Terran Empire ship so that they could survive and hopefully return home. And this week sees the crew going deeper into the woods, as it were, and they're still a long way from Grandma's house. Actually, I'm not sure if I've got my fairy tale metaphors right here, but they're in trouble. Suffice to say that they are in trouble. Uh, first, real quick, I wanted to talk about something from last week that I don't know if we gave enough time to. Um, as we saw last week, of course, Dr. Culber was removed from the show. And although it was a shocking twist, uh, so to speak, um, it's part of the ongoing story. I wonder what you thought about the implications of it in light of the ongoing criticism of um, the killing off of LGBTQ characters in TV and film, uh, as pointed out by the Barrier Gaze movement. I'm going to assume you're not talking to me since I already yelled about this last week. <laughs> uh, uh, Ella, if you've got something to add, you can. But yeah, I was talking yeah, to you. No, no, I can, <laughs> I, can, I can sit here just for a second. <laughs> I can hear her steaming. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll steam for a second. Yeah, sure. I, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah that's, that's really frustrating. I mean, yeah. it's like, I, um, I, like I, I'm, I'm, 
to some degree. So I'm, I'm, I'm torn in that on the one hand, uh, I, I like storytelling that, uh, you know, ma- makes you worry about characters because they, they are always in danger. Although who gets to be in danger first is, you know, kind of getting a little uh, annoying here. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, I, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. So, I'm, so now I'm also sort of like hoping like maybe like some mirror universe uh, Stamets come, come, uh, comes back or, or you know, like you, they pull a Harry Kim and they just like bring back the one from the other universe sure. kind yeah. of thing. Right. You know, but I, oh man, I, it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I think that something that we talked about or, or where we kind of landed last week is it's um, it's unfortunate. It seems to kind of fit with the trope. But if this is a show that really is taking these characters you know, for granted um, as just our characters that we're following and not necessarily thinking about their orientation, then then they'd have to be on the menu for characters that are in danger. All these characters are in danger. We've seen a lot of them. Um, that, you know, it's been proven that this is a show where you got to watch it like you could die at any time. And so hopefully we're looking at it that way. And of course, there's been statements by um, they were very quick to uh, sort of say that um, Wilson Cruz's you know, involvement with the show is, is not over. Um, we'll definitely see uh, him again in some way, as we've seen other characters who have disappeared and come back. So I have to kind of look at it opt- uh, positively um, and optimistically like that. Um, Ella, any, anything to add? I don't know. You know, it's frustrating. I was really hoping that something would happen this week that would make me feel better. I want to be placing a lot of my trust in the writers. Um, I, I mean, they've done a great job so far. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. In that moment, I don't think that it was an excuse for him to die, you know? Like, he told Ash, like, bro, like... <laughs> <laughs> you're at Klingon and Ash was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, second opinion. Like his, his brain was just vibrating. And he, so like in that moment, he really was in danger, but now this week Stamets almost died. And it seems, seems like lots of people are dying who at first were like hallmarks of the show and were making big steps in Star Trek history, at least. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I know if they if uh, anything happens to Tilly, you're you're driving out west. I think with uh, I will be gone. <laughs> with machete, yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, I, I I do I do think about you know like yeah we we should like uh, take you know like, all characters should be should be fair game for the fair fair the full range of you know what could uh what could possibly happen happen to them. Yeah. Though you know I guess what, when you think about you know like the fact that it is it like two LGBT characters, right? Two gay characters. Right. The fact when you kill one of them in the relationship, that is in some way like a, a an attack on this, on their status as the thing, as like their, like the, the identity that they are representing. Yeah. Right. If, if like one in the relationship is, 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 is killed. And it's like, yeah. So it's like, I, uh, you know, it's a, I, I thought I thought it was a little disappointing, but but if if you're hearing that uh, that Wilson Cruz will be will be seen again, I'm I'm into it. Yeah, and also just um, just a criticism of like the sort of storytelling, um, having it be an event that has a lot of effect. It's if he, like if uh, for instance, um, Ash Tyler kills him, you know, to keep his secret. The secret's revealed 
like not yeah. 45 minutes later in Showtime. So it's not like it was really that big of a secret. Although it does serve to really um, to increase the threat, at least for um, that time, of Tyler. Because when he starts talking to Burnham and she, we, you know, she learns his secret, you do start worrying about Burnham. It's like, uh-oh, he's going to go snappy-snappy again. And so there is like a real threat there that is sort of established from that previous scene. True. If we're trying to help them out. But they don't need our help. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, like I said, uh, we find ourselves back on the ship this week. uh, And at least for a day or two, uh, our crew um, has had to settle into the routine of the Mirror Universe. And something that I really liked was I liked seeing – we see it over the course of the episode. But right away they establish the drain, like the spiritual drain that this is having on Burnham, um, having to – pretend to be you know mean and to live this way in the mirror universe and there's that great scene at uh, near the beginning of the episode where they sort of zoom in through the front window of the bridge and she's sitting on you know the throne as it were but there's just this sort of barely perceptible kind of slump to her she just looks wiped out like she looks really not happy to be in the position that she's in which is a captain the captain of the mirror universe shenzo and we, um, I think it's interesting that there's been a lot of speculation, at least that I've heard, about her moving, you know, this is a story of her becoming a commander, becoming a captain, you know, moving into command possibly at the end of the series. But we get to see her commanding a ship, like she's the captain of this ship. What do you think about that? I, I, I like seeing her as, as a captain. She fills the seat well, even if she is, uh, like, leaning over, hunched, and... and uh, uh, obviously drained. Yeah. And I think um, we it's it's um, it's one of those things that you get a lot of times in um, in a mirror universe or an alternate universe situation is that a lot of times writers use it as a way to sort of advance the characters in a way that they couldn't normally. So in our universe, Burnham might never achieve that uh, that rank. I'm just you know, being a, a traitor and you know <laughs> just being having a provisional rank. And so how do we see what she looks like in a command position? Well, we go to another universe where she pretends to be somebody else. And so she can be the commander of this other ship. And she seems to do um, a pretty good job. But she's having, like I said before, I think she's having trouble sort of balancing this um, with her, um, with what she wants to be. Ella, did you feel uh, for Burnham in that situation? Yeah, I'm... I'm like, I'm a little more worried for her than I am impressed by <laughs> yeah. her actions, okay. sure. I feel like, because um, that's hard. And I was really freaked out before she knew about Ash. I was, that was terrifying for me. Like those scenes where they're just like sitting together, like in her room where they're like lying in bed and she's yeah. like confiding in him. I was yeah. like, throw him out. Yeah. And she um, and she's he says uh, or he says that he's um, she's the tether or whatever that uh, yeah that keeps her and everything good and it's like <laughs> yeah that's what we call dramatic irony yeah yeah that's how that works um I'm a little and what makes me worried is part of what's impressive like for example when like just after Ash or Vuk tried to kill her. Um, and then a bunch of her crew members are there and she has to go back to being like mirror universe Burnham. It was immediate. Yeah. 
Like, there was no, like, she wasn't, like, brush turning around and, like, brushing tears away. She wasn't, like, <laughs> right, yeah. trying to hide her. She didn't, like, kick everyone out and, like, stay in her room and, like, comprehend what had just happened. She just went immediately to getting him off the ship. That was crazy to me. Yeah. And I, well, and honestly, I like the fact that, you know, as, as much pressure as there is and as easy it would as it would be for her to want to eliminate him because she feels betrayed. He's also, he wants to kill her. She killed his boss. So she's got, you know, plenty of reason. Uh, if you look at it from the point of view of, or the worldview of somebody like Lorca, she still does the right thing at the end. You know, she still saves his life essentially. Um, Cause yeah. I was, you know, she set the whole thing up with, uh, with the crew of the discovery. And so, yeah, I mean, she still remains her, she, you know her her uh, her Burnamy essence. I was I was a little on board for him just being immediately murdered, but <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been so bad maybe either. But yeah, she does the right. Stays thing. a little bit more true to her character to just you know put him in the brig, but yeah. and uh, pulls also, off. He's also a great asset, though, right? Like now that you have yeah. this guy, like you want to know what he knows. That's right. That's yeah, a great, that's a great prisoner. Now he's the source of intel, hopefully for them. What I want to know is. What was the plan if he hadn't revealed himself? <laughs> because she's got to get this this uh, chip or this disc or whatever to Discovery that's got the information uh, about the Defiant so they can get home. But if that hadn't happened, well, how was she going to do it? <laughs> it kind of worked out pretty well. I, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> otherwise, just put yeah. it in the garbage chute or something and let it float out into space and maybe they grab it or something. It does make you wonder, like, how close was the discovery that she was able yeah. to just, like, immediately know where it was and go, beep, boop, and then, like, send him, like, right next to it. Like, how, how Yeah, that, like, they're within that? transporter range? Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. within they're two in transporter, transporter ranges? Yeah, yeah right. So, like, are, wouldn't that also put them in sensor range? Did they, yeah, I don't... Possibly. Well, if they, if the, if, if Burnham's ship transported him to, like, the farthest he could possibly go, and then um, the discovery was the farthest it could possibly be from there to still transport him onto the ship. Would they be in sensor range? I don't know. Unclear. <laughs> possibly. Science yeah. Star Trek. And <laughs> you could probably add the distance uh, it would take a ship to go. Uh, you know, to fly for about thirty seconds, or about how long it takes a guy to freeze in space. <laughs> you know, but otherwise, yeah. yeah, that seems like it's one of those things that you know we get where. Uh, we kind of collapse some of the distances and play with things a little bit just for the p purpose of story. But because I don't think that Discovery has any way to, to hide themselves. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had to become no. the ISS Discovery. Right. Um, so Burnham and uh, Tyler, at least Tyler for now, uh, go on a mission to talk to the leader of the Resistance on this planet, uh, the Firewolf. Which is uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, I don't know how many uh, times or uh, how many names he had to write down in his uh, high school notebook before he came up with Firewolf. But that's, <laughs> that was definitely a good one. And of course, um, it turns out to be uh, to Vok, or at least this universe is Vok. And in a way, uh, you know, we talked about last week the fact that there are mysteries that you just can't keep secret from an audience, or at least a modern audience. And how I think a lesser show um, would, you know, as soon as the online community starts saying, oh, this guy, you know, he's actually the Klingon guy. We figured it out. They would try to find some way to, like, change it or get around it. 
but Star Trek Discovery, like, I don't, I don't think they care necessarily that you know what the secrets are because they're <laughs> that the first part of the story is, you know, ooh, there's a secret, there's a twist, but then how it plays out is the most important part. And I think that that continues this week because I think we probably could have guessed that the leader of the resistance would be Falk. And we get this great reveal, which is something that we talked about last week, kind of jokingly, but also that the emperor or empress would be uh, Giorgio. Did but I say last week that it was going to be her? I think that that was we had a list of like three or four, and that was one of the people on our list. I was just so like shocked, and then just immediately proud of myself for no reason. I was like, "It's Georgia! <laughs> I knew it! Right. I knew it! I figured this one out!" Right? Uh, yeah, but the the show takes that in stride because it still get. I mean, it's still a great moment. It's still surprising, and yet it, mm-hmm. it's of course if it was the perfect choice. Of course it is. Yeah. So we're on the pulling for Harvey Mudd. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we could cross. uh, We we said Harvey Mudd. We can probably cross that off. Uh, Cyrano Jones is another one we can probably cross off. But but, uh, yeah, so we find ourselves on this planet and they have to sort of negotiate uh, with them. And what I'm wondering is, um, is this the first time that we actually see Javad Iqbal on screen? Like, who is the guy in the Vok makeup if we've got Shazad Latif standing right there? I'm still trying, you know, I can't think about anything else. I'm still trying to just take in that that was actually the reality of the plot line. Yeah. Is like, however many weeks ago you were like, Ella, get ready. I have a story for you. <laughs> when I first broke and the now... news of this, this crazy <laughs> like... tin hat theory. Yeah. Yeah. And now that thing like has played out. I'm just like, I'm... I'm I'm not here. <laughs> I'm just disassociating. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something of a first, I believe, um, because uh, at least in a mirror universe situation, because we have a character who is a character, but in disguise and altered yeah. meets their <laughs> mirror universe. For, and then they fight it. You know, they don't like explode or turn into goo like time cop, you know. But, uh, yeah, we get to see them sort of face off against each other. And I thought that that was really creative. That scene was too much for me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, did you guys notice that when Burnham was, like, freaking out, um, Mirror Universe Sarek, like, stepped forward and was, like, holding her shoulders? Oh, I didn't know that. that? Because I saw it and immediately just lost my mind. (laughs) Something I thought was really interesting about that is that, you know, Burnham is really taking this seriously because, you know, clearly they um, could provide assistance in the mirror universe, but she really starts digging into like the Klingon psychology. Like, I think she's just happy to have a Klingon that doesn't want to kill her there so she can apply her logic and she can talk to this guy and mm-hmm. kind of figure out like, what can, what, when we go back, what can we do to like negotiate or, or, you know, give me something I can give to the other Klingons to keep them from trying to, you know, go to war with us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that if, if, if I were Vok in that moment, I would be, I would be like, what the, what is going on that, like, like, I, like, you get, you save me from inevitable destruction and you just want to do, like, like, psych, uh, like, like, philosophy 101 with me? Like, so <laughs> you would just, like, ask me metaphysical questions about my, about, like, my, my culture and, and my identity. And I was like, I was like is, that, is that really what you came here for? Like, that's weird. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I would start, I would, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't trust that. Yeah, and as far as Sarek goes, you know, he does the mind meld and he sees that, you know, they her intentions are true and that she's from another mirror universe or whatever. But there's a lot more that he would have seen than that. 
uh, unless he did just a once over. I mean, he would have seen that he exists in her world, that he and she are very close, that she started a war, <laughs> that, you know, he would have seen that she was friends with the Empress uh, in her reality. So I'm wondering if we're going to see more of Sarek in the future. I'd have to assume that we are. I I need that. That's what I need next from Discovery. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna put I'm gonna put money down and say he's the way that they get out of the mirror universe. Okay, sure. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he he's their he's their sa- their sa- savior. I guess I don't know out of it because like because I all those things that you that you listed I I think were what he saw right. So those are the flashes that we get, and I I kind of just assume that that's what he's seeing are like right her as a kid with Sarek and and then like saying uh guilty you know like uh, right yeah and stuff like that and yeah he's and like so it, she's okay yeah she's fine yeah right yeah and so he sees those things and and just you know it was like yeah that seems okay uh, right. I, 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 so i i guess uh I, yeah I'm, I'm just i'm just guessing like he's gonna show up with his awesome beard goatee and like <laughs> and, and 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 save them at the last second yeah uh, I so I guess we're assuming that he made it off the planet then, like he wasn't destroyed. Oh yeah, my I, gosh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, like they say that the that the evacuation is not complete, right? So that is, oh, okay. that so that someone that they, like they have done some evacuating, probably. Right. Which would and and I think that yeah, I, I think that would in a similar vein of like why like you kind of um. Uh, waste the secret by giving it away at the in the first act of the second episode or of the of the ne- of the next episode where um about uh who uh uh Tyler killed you know like that's um I, I don't know why you'd have that whole scene and then like kill all of those characters when you've set yourself up for some very interesting sort of back and forths yeah and now Burnham's in a situation where assuming um the mirror universe Valk believes that she betrayed him. Now she's got two Valks that want to kill her. <laughs> she just can't make it work with these Klingons. No. Uh, we also get to see some other aliens on the planet. I, I liked how the planet was basically your tip your classic uh, rock quarry <laughs> type planet. <laughs> uh, it was good to get to see a, a rock quarry set in a, in a modern Star Trek episode. Uh, but we get to see uh, Andorians and we get to see uh, Tellarites. And the Andorians oh, yeah. look pretty Andorian y, but the Tellarites have really gotten a, a workover. The, I don't know why they decided the Andorians needed, like, to tur- like the contrast needed to be turned up on the Andorians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? It was like the last ones I've seen, they were kind of like a powder blue, and now they're just like this, like, yeah. <laughs> really, really dark blue. And I. I, I I, I, I sometimes I, I wonder what the like the the politics are of like of of, of uh, 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 um, the the uh, the costume designers and the makeup people who are like no I need to put my mark on the Andorians right. and like make them look just a little bit like this instead of like the, which it really it hurts continuity but it, but <laughs> like uh, I, I guess it makes for like some pretty. Uh, uh, cool stuff, and I, I was really into the the, the Tellarites seeing those those again. We got a budget; we're got to use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, very, they're very blue. You could do a weather report against them. They are extremely yeah. blue. I like the blue though, and also like I feel like every alien that's just like, oh, this is an alien whose skin is a different color from ours. It's always like they're all one color. It's like, no, I want to see a, I want to see the range. I okay. want to see an ombre of Andorians. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. 
Okay, I, I so you're you're proposing uh, like different sort of ethnic divisions of Andorians. Yeah, you know? some of them are. Oh yeah, of course. And... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's uh, you know, Cleons are different colors, and you know, of course, Vulcans are as well. So I could buy that. Um, what else? Uh, we see um, that uh, Tilly, of course, has made it her project to bring uh, Stamets back uh, to revive him, and we get a little bit of revelations about what's going on with him and the mycelial network or the mycelial plane is what they've started to call it and it brings to mind to me something that well we get a big revelation in this episode um, that we haven't really talked about previously on Discoverage, which is what is the status of Stamets in other universes we've gotten hints that he is getting flashes from other universes or that he can somehow connect to them and we get our first shot in this episode in what I think is as as big a revelation as uh, Empress Giorgio. Uh, we get to see the mirror universe Stamets just walk up when uh, they're in Pandora or wherever, the, <laughs> wherever Stamets ends up. Uh, he's like, oh, hey, you made it. All right, let's, let's talk. Uh, that's that's a big deal. That's the kind of um, Rick and Morty-ing of this <laughs> situation. <laughs> Whenever you've got a genius character who has access to other universes, he's clearly going to run into other versions of himself who are like, uh, yeah, I, I can do that too. Yeah, and, and the, the greeting that Mirror Universe Stamets gives uh, gives our Stamets sound, makes it sound like he's not immediately hostile. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, it seems like the next sentence out of his mouth is going to be like, time to get to work. And like, yeah. you got to get out of this... Uh, I don't know, like Avatar movie or something, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, so maybe, uh, um, maybe the 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 mycelia, uh, mycelia plane, I guess. That, yeah, is uh, is now uh, maybe that's like the where everyone uh, gets along in different universes. Maybe that's the yeah, that's the detente. Also, yeah. if um, mirror universe Stamets like has the same spore thing that our Stamets does, like. Does that mean that the mirror universe discovery has a spore drive? That's a good question. Right. Yeah, yeah, right? we don't. Yeah, and nobody's said uh, word one about uh, Stamets on Discovery, so or on the mirror uh, Discovery, or mm-hmm. just uh, um, any of the mirror universe uh, people. So I don't know. I mean, he's got the outfit on; he has to, so we know that he's the mirror version. But that is a good question. Because then, if if it's true that the Discovery has switched places. Then oh, mirror you universe. Think, you think he's talking from our universe? Well, yeah. If the if the discovery switch places, then that means mirror universe. Stamets is, Stamets is like, let's get back to like where we need to be. Interesting. Yeah. And so that would he, explain why he's like, hey, what's up? Let's get going. Like, right. Yeah, I want to get back. You want to get back? Come on, let's do this. Yeah. Let's I, switch. I like that. Uh, I like uh, what you said, David, about the fact that he's you know sort of congenial uh, to to the alter his alternate self, and it reminds me of. Kind of like the Rick and Morty thing, or just to get really nerdy, um, in Marvel Comics, uh, you know, there's um, Reed Richards discovers that there's other universes, and so he meets other Reed Richardses, and whether they're good or evil, they all they all seem to like have a chat with each other before they get down to business, because it's like, okay, well, I, <laughs> hey, I'm you, you're me, I'm smart, I know you're smart, so what's up? Like, you know, what's what's your universe <laughs> like? What's going on over there? Um, and maybe I'll try to kill you later, but yeah, I have this sort of respect for you. Uh, and maybe we could find something out. And so hopefully that's where that's going. Um, speaking of mirror universe characters, though, we mentioned before the Emperor, uh, who we see at the end of this episode. 
And I think that that has a lot of implications for where we're going. There's one thing I know for sure. I bet she's really good with that sword. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to see uh, Michelle Yeoh use some of the skill that we know that she has in a cool fight scene uh, with that sword. But uh, Ella, what do you think is in the future for Giorgio or Mira Giorgio and our Burnham? I have no idea. I think that Giorgio is going to be what um, like breaks Burnham's cover, though, for sure, in the Mirror Universe. I think that that was what is like that's gonna put her over the edge into like not being able to um have like a poker face anymore because she i don't know i don't think that she maybe will ever be over Giorgio's death and i just think that's gonna be really hard for her as a character and very heartbreaking for us to watch as an audience (laughs) do you think they have a similar mentor mentee relationship in the mirror universe i think they have like maybe like an evil mentor mentee relationship where it's like maybe we'll murder each other maybe you'll murder me when you're like bigger and better when i teach you more it's like maybe i'll murder you when i've had enough like yeah but i'm i'm mostly still just spooked (laughs) i can well yeah i can imagine then that's you know that's always like a good villain setup when the villain is like you know was the teacher or something like that and so that typical story of the student surpassing the master becomes defeating the master because they're the bad guy and i wonder if this is going to lead to Giorgio getting over accidentally killing uh her mentor by actually killing this this evil version <laughs> of the mentor killing the buddha in a way also, I still just, from earlier in the podcast, I have just this image of, like, Cyrano Jones, like, on a throne of, like, tribbles, like, surrounded by women. <laughs> like, hello, Burnham. <laughs> he has the biggest pockets on his coat, yes. <laughs> He's the emperor for sure. Uh, what about you, David? What, what do you think about the implications of uh, Giorgio being the empress for the story? Yeah, well, for, first, that, that also made me think that, um, I don't think we've ever seen a mirror universe tribble. <laughs> and i wonder if maybe they're bald yes right they're bald you know, they're just and like, sterile just, just that's a like terrifying a, image like oh a, my like god a, like an animated squeaking potato <laughs> and, and it just kind of like and, and that's and you oh god it would probably there's probably stuff hidden under that fur that we yeah, don't see that would other that that's what that would that makes it cute. Otherwise, it's probably it's probably They're not good covered with mouths. <laughs> just lousy. Yeah, with mouths. yeah, it's just covered. It's covered with mouths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 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 yeah, I, I think uh, uh, Giorgio as the as the as the emperor. I, I think is is both one cool that uh, they they used um, that the emperor. I guess is uh, gender neutral. Like a, a uh, woman. Yes. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, but also, and I'm also concerned about the, that that high collar in fighting scenarios. That that might be difficult for. Her, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah, I don't I don't know because we never really got to like know that character very well. So like I don't know what to what what to expect her like her inflection to do, her, you know her reflection to be you know like what yeah I don't she's know gone what, so fast yeah. yeah like i don't know what the opposite of her is except like i guess it, it georgia what we knew of her was like like the perfect boss i guess you know right like she's like <laughs> yeah. the, the one that like teaches you exactly you know, it's the one that we always stri- like hope to get where like they'll actually tell you how to do your job and they're inspiring and they make you want to do your job better Right. And 
and, and like you you always want to please them and maybe maybe th- this mirror universe Giorgio is just gonna be like a really mean boss like I don't know <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. that's the only thing I know about her is that she's a nice boss and so like now now maybe she'll just be a, a really mean one which would fit right that is that yeah that, that's how you get to be the emperor of the mirror universe and she Karen knew emperor. yeah and she knew uh burnham really well she was very nurturing for burnham so if the mm-hmm. mirror universe is about taking those strengths or those characteristics and turning them you know to evil or making them negative then i think that she's going to psychologically really be in uh in burnham's head uh if yeah. they you know uh come to uh, blows with each other yeah i agree um but I still want to see a sword fight. I think that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Got to set that up. Uh, I have a question. Uh, near the end of the episode, when Burnham sees that um, Giorgio is the emperor, uh, we get a little look, a little shot from Lorca. Uh, what's he so happy about? Yeah, I was going to bring that up because it was like just last episode, or was it at the mid-season finale where you were like, this is the next conspiracy theory is like Lorca's actually from the mirror universe. And I was like, please don't start with another one. <laughs> and now it's like, I think it, there's another one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that was, is, I, I listened to the last episode and yeah, I, I think that, I think you said that in the last episode, I'm really into that idea. I like, I like that a lot because that, that implies that, that, um, I don't know. You always feel like, and maybe this is just like the overacting of of the other series that like the the you know, like no one's gonna look at like mirror universe uh, um, um, uh, Kira and be like that's a normal person, right? Like <laughs> right, you know, like mirror universe Kira is like like this like ki- like uh, evil sex kitten kind of person <laughs> that, that just like right. is like constantly like trying to like you know, uh, uh, connive and 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 kill and and, and uh, um, and like that, I mean, but 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 if if no one noticed that Lorca is like from this like pure evil universe, like what does that say about everyone else that were were around him? You know, right? Yeah, yeah like think about like his creepy like man cave full of torture weapons. Like <laughs> yeah. that uh, that's right out of the mirror universe. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, it is. Yeah, and I would never want to limit uh, the writers. Um, or anybody who works on Star Trek um, in what they can do. But it does seem that like when you've got a character like Lorca, who's just so clearly not so far away from baseline Starfleet, you have to yeah. wonder, can, you know, the enlightened 23rd century produce an individual like this? Uh, or is that somebody who is from a completely different context uh, in this case from another universe? Yeah, or his, like, immediate instinct to, like, keep the tardigrade, like, capture it and, like, figure out what makes it, like, tough. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, I just, if if he is from the Mirror Universe, that is just a very quick explanation for how odd he seemed to the audience at the beginning of the series. Yeah. and Which I'll say we lost, we lost a little bit of, right? He starts to become, as we get to know him, yeah. he, he suddenly just becomes, like, a very stern person. And like I expect a lot out of you, <laughs> right. but but he but he lose all the like sh- little shop of horrors in space sort of feel to it. <laughs> yeah, that um that I, yeah that I, that I may, maybe the, and maybe they do dial it down a little bit so that you forget it a little bit, which then makes it makes you go oh wow yeah like a um a little bit harder when uh uh when it when it is revealed that 
that he's that he's from the mirror universe. I, I'm totally on board with this theory. Yeah, it's starting to look pretty good. I was just thinking, too, that, you know, he's very possessive of Discovery in the early episodes because after a while mm-hmm. they're like, OK, you've got the thing to work. Now we got to pull you off the front line so we can, you know, pull, pull it apart and we can start, you know, using this technology on the ships. And he's like, no, no, I got to I got to stay out there. He wants to maintain control of Discovery and yeah. the store drive ostensibly because it's his way back to his universe. But why is he why does he want to defeat the klingons so badly is is it that he wants to himself learn klingon psychology so he can return that information to the mirror universe and defeat the fire wolf a klingon who's in charge of the resistance is he a sleeper agent for the emperor that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh man also his him sleeping with a phaser under his pillow that's <laughs> yeah. another thing that's very yeah. like a mirror universe <laughs> Yeah. That is a really mirror universe thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a big tell. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, I wonder if uh, is Admiral uh, Cornwall even like in the mirror universe? Are we going to see a mirror her? <laughs> I don't think psychologists get very far in <laughs> yeah. the Terran Empire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you could be like like a, a, a um, uh, some sort of specialist in psychological warfare torture Ooh, or something that's uh i would like to see that that would be very cool well um every week it seems uh, we're adding to the list of casualties here but i think that we should probably check our threat ganglia and speculate on who's going to go to that big holodeck in the sky in future episodes uh do either of you have a top pick a top seed for who's going to meet their maker next i think i have a top two oh, lay it on us um Stamets and Lorca. Okay. I'm worried Lorca. about both of them. Okay. Uh Yeah, yeah, I think I uh Lorca, yeah, I don't I don't think it is is long for this world or either world, really. <laughs> uh uh um and uh, I, there is someone else that was in the back of my head and and now now it's uh it's eluding me. I I, I can't I can't I can't think of them. But I, I, I mean, per- perhaps we'll, like Vok will will be lost to us again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that bothers me, I hope that's not true, because we, when you think about it, we're what eleven episodes in now, with only um, four more to go, I guess, and we still don't. I don't feel like I know a lot about Vok. Uh, you know, he's in the first couple episodes. He's taken away from us, and then I think. I think we can now say for sure, yes, that's what's happening. I mean, we could still have a thing where maybe Vok, part of Vok's mind was put into Tyler and he's not really Klingon, but there is something inside him that the doctor found. But we'll just go with the crazy theory right now. So we, yeah. we, would never get, we haven't got to see him just, I don't know, hanging around. You know, what's his perfect Sunday? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so now we're seeing this mirror version. And I think that we all agree that the mirror versions of the characters are, are probably a little disposable. So I kind of want to... I always thought of him as the sort of second lead on the show and I want him to get a chance as a character to have, to see his arc out. Um, not at the expense of, you know, Burnham and our, and our real heroes, but uh, I, I hope that the show doesn't lose sight of what that character wants, he wants to accomplish. Well, and his, his like, just his own as a character, not in the show overall, his redemption arc, like for himself, yeah. like that never really went anywhere because at the beginning of the series, he was like an outcast or whatever. Like he was 
I don't remember specifically what was wrong with him, but it's like all the Klingons hated him and he was just like some like lowly, I don't even know, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden he was like in charge and then he was gone because presumably he was crushed and ripped apart to be turned into Ash Tyler. Yeah. So nothing ever really happened with that. Um, I mean, I think I, I like Mirror Universe... Vok more because he's like he's the head of the rebellion against like the oppressive Terran Empire so he's got that going for him but yeah he's the fire wolf you kidding me yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh David any comments on Vok uh yeah you know I I I do I I I am taken with with like him as as like the as like the head of this uh um of this of this resistance like I I I like that and I, I I especially like I think I said this at the very beginning, how, you know, the, um, how we're seeing, um, it's not an anti-federation, it's just sort of this uncanny federation that is mm-hmm. against humans that, um, that, 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 I, that I like a lot. And the fact that there is a, um, uh, a Klingon at the front of it, uh, does, uh, play with the sort of, um, what, what, I did not like about the beginning of, of the of of discovery where they're like the Klingons are just bad. They're bad because they yeah. they they're they're so uh, xenophobic and they're just xenophobic because they're Klingons and the Klingons are xenophobic. <laughs> and it's like no, actually this is this is a, this is kind of a social construction, right? This is something specific things happened that made them that way, right. and it could very easily have been. Otherwise, it could have been something else. And here, <laughs> right. and, and and this is why. Um, uh, and 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 maybe the, I was I was giving it a tough time about the about uh, Burnham, like just asking him a bunch of uh, metaphysics questions. But I, I I think it I think it is a, it is actually kind of cool that um, that we're that we're looking at, at at these issues as a matter of like underlying ideology and psychology rather than just like natural hatred for one another or vague or vague desires for conquest or whatever you know like yeah. not everyone's cardassians yeah well yeah <laughs> uh hey the cardassians they're deeper than that but uh yeah <laughs> uh, i really like the fact that we're really seeing a payoff in the st- uh, serial storytelling in that it's a departure from what trek's done before but you, they they told us at the beginning of the show like oh you know the audience was like why is this like this or what does this mean and they're like just wait just wait it'll, it'll pay off and we're seeing now you know you lose Captain Giorgio right away we're like wow that was it for Michelle Yeoh well she's back and so we're starting to see finally these payoffs you know late in the game of the things they set up before in a way that would be very difficult to do in a you know, reset it every week show, um, you know, that's more episodic like we have uh, in previous Trek incarnations. So I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, it took me a little while, but uh, I, I think that the, the serialization is, is really starting to show a, a payoff. That's what I was just thinking too. And I, cause I was thinking about how much they've played the long game with this season mm-hmm. and how it feels like just now we're getting into what, 
disco what they meant disco to be like about because like you said we have what like four episodes left of just this season and then we have to wait until the next one so they they were like planning ahead yeah yeah um and with a couple little fun detours into hairy mud and stuff like that yeah (laughs) uh well keep us happy (laughs) yeah just to keep uh keep the fans happy uh Well, uh, I think that is just about it for our show this week. Uh, if you like what you hear on this show, listeners, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EISTPOD for updates. And you can get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and this show, Discoverage, are released. And while we're on this show, you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage, or you can email us at EISTPOD at gmail.com. And I wanted to remind you that while you're on the internet, you can head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show and give us a rating and a review if you think of it, because it really helps us out. You can also stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTPOD to support the show. And if you like the show, do the natural thing and tell a friend. Join us next Sunday night, January 21st, for our next episode of Discoverage. We'll be talking about the 12th episode of Star Trek Discovery, Vaulting Ambition, which is an illusion from Macbeth that ends with, which overleaps itself, which I'm sure will have no ramifications for our captain and crew. No comeuppance, ever. (laughs) Ella, thanks for joining me on the show again. Where can people find you online? generationsgeek.com and generationsgeek on Instagram. Awesome. And David, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, 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 I'm on Twitter as DA underscore Banks and um, uh, uh, my website where I have all my writing is davidabanks.org. Yes, and you've got a page there uh, that is sort of a collection of social themes in Star Trek that I find yes. very handy when I'm uh, trying to come up with, what was the one with the thing and they're, they're going to the thing? Uh, <laughs> I was, I've got your site bookmarked for that. Uh, it, 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 uh, I'm, I'm glad it's helpful to at least someone. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, to at least for... one other person. Yeah, only yeah. me. <laughs> thanks again for joining me. Uh, thanks for listening, listeners. And we're signing off. This is Caliban for David and Ella saying, live long and prosper. <laughs>